ahead and get started. Uh, my title today is called The Process of Time, The Process of Time, and I love uh, what Pastor Keith did uh, in his graphic there, um, but uh, God is all about time, timing. He's all about timing and time, um, and so if you'll go to Ecclesiastics 3, chapter, th chapter 3, and we'll start at verse 1, Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastes um, 3, starting at verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And so I'm going to stop there. Uh, and actually, no, I want to go to verse 11. It says, he have made everything. Now, notice he says everything. So that's uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, you know, in fact, uh, all through verse 1 through uh, 9 or 8, uh, it's a contrast of uh, of uh, of of each one of them. I mean, there's a, in other words, uh, happy, sad, uh, good, bad, uh, hate, love, um, and so. But he says here in verse 11, he had he have made everything. That's the good, the bad, and the ugly, beautiful in his time. Also, he have set the world in their hearts. Or in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God has from the beginning to the end I like another version I'm gonna read it from the amplified uh, version because I think it kind of breaks it down a little further um, let me get there all right bear with me y'all it says God set eternity in the heart of man he has also planned eternity, meaning a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot, cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. And I love this verse because it really talks about he has planted, you know, a divine purpose in all of our hearts. And to be honest with you, if, if we knew basically what that, that purpose was, I don't think that we would be able to really grasp the magnitude of what it is that God was after. And, and in fact, I think some of us probably would um, shy away from it. We might get uh, fearful about it. Um, and, and so I think that that's the reason why a lot of times people don't know their, their, their uh, purpose right away, because I think it would scare people. I mean, if someone told you, think about it. If someone told you like right now, uh, um, Robert, you were going to be the next president of the United States. 
<laughs> that that would be like the weight of that task and that office would literally you would you 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 probably wouldn't even believe it you know what i mean because you're why because you're looking at your own ability and so god uh he places the purpose and all of that in our hearts but oftentimes he doesn't necessarily reveal right away what it is that uh he's after in our life so today what we're going to learn is uh we're going to learn what's been keeping us stuck in time that's one of the things we're going to learn. We're going to also learn about the importance of process. And then we're also going to talk about the reasons for waiting. So we've got keeping what's keeping us stuck in time and the importance of process and reasons for waiting. So important. I know for me, uh, all of those things uh, I've experienced. I've, I've experienced being stuck in time where I felt like nothing was really happening in my life. And uh, I've also experienced extreme process. And I'll get into some of that later. Um, and then uh, waiting. All of us are in positions where sometimes we just have to wait. And waiting is not always a glamorous thing. or it's, it, And sometimes it's painful uh, to wait. It's very painful to wait because there's a lot of uncertainty we don't know what's going to happen um, and then waiting is it could be excruciating because um, if you're not doing anything in the wait that's when it becomes excruciating you know uh, uh, my husband when he worked at Tico which is a training institution for uh, youth that were at risk um, he said he learned I guess one of the guys said uh, he learned that don't watch time let time watch him and what, what, what he's basically saying is, when you stand there and you look at the clock, doesn't it seem like it just goes forever and ever and ever? <laughs> Especially if it's something you really want to do. I remember as a child uh, during Christmas time, and you know we couldn't wake up until a certain time. I don't know why parents did that, but that was excruciating. And so I watched that clock, and it was just going on forever. And so... Uh, <laughs> Time, if you don't do anything in the time, it could be literally excruciating. So let's talk about what's keeping you stuck in time. Now, there's an old saying that time heals all wounds. Now, unfortunately, that's not true. Time does not heal all wounds. It's what you do with the time that heals the wounds. Okay. Um, and so if you don't, if like I said, if you don't do anything with that time, it, it just... It will it will be dormant. It will be you be stagnant. But if you if you are on on purpose doing something with that time, so you got to be on purpose with time. It can't just be time. What's that song? Times keep on ticking, ticking, ticking into the future. <laughs> you don't want to keep letting time tick into the future, and you're not doing anything. You're not maximizing the time that you actually have because God He actually get He gave us stewards to be over the time. That think about it. Everybody in this place, everybody, time is the same. 365 days a year, seven days a week, it, it's the same. But it's not the same how people use it. And so we got we to gotta think about, and trust me, I'm speaking to myself because for a long time, I have procrastinated. <laughs> I have allowed time to just slip by. And before you knew it, it, it like I'm 57. I mean, if you're in your 30s, it's amazing how, like Sean, I remember when I was his age, 
and time just kept on ticking and ticking, ticking into the future. And I didn't, I wasn't uh, a steward over that time. I, I wasn't, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, sometimes, you know what was so bad about it? There were times in my life, I can't even remember the time. Do you remember? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't remember. And so, and, and a lot of it was in my get high days. I couldn't tell you what I was doing in those days to save my life. But guess what? Time was ticking and ticking and ticking into the future, my future. You ever ask yourself, what if I was a total, and I'm talking about at the age where you were able to recognize when time mattered. You know, a lot of times we didn't think time mattered when we were younger, but as you got older, time start to matter, especially when you got into health issues and, you know, you're, you're aging and, uh, you know, you're not in your purpose. And so time matters, but imagine what what would your life have been today if you were a steward over your time? Imagine that. Where would you be today? Yeah, I think about that all the time. I would have wrote the books that I said I was going to write. I would have definitely had some CDs out there. You know, I mean, who knows all the things that I really wanted to to be, but all because I did not value and appreciate and, and was a steward over time, it just kept ticking and ticking and ticking into the future. Okay, so um, here's another thing that keeps you stuck in time. And I wanted to spend a little more time on this because this is something that we all, everybody struggles with. And that is one word and it's called unforgiveness unforgiveness will keep you stuck in time it will lock you in the time in which that pain began you know I mean there are times how many of you can close your eyes you only have to close your eyes and you can remember the feelings that you felt the emotions you can feel it all because why um you, the 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 weight of what that experience that it had on you seeped into your subconscious mind and it caused you to it it caused you to um to kind of harbor on those feelings if you didn't do anything with it in the time and before you know it it turned into bitterness and it's interesting because sometimes like I, I experienced unforgiveness uh, years later. I've shared with some of you uh, years later, uh, and I'm talking like in the last, what, five or six years or so, where I didn't know I had unforgiveness in my heart as it related to my father. Now, all these years, I didn't know that. Um, but apparently some seeds were sown and I just let it fester and I didn't do anything with it and I attached my emotions to it Later, I found, I found out that I attach my emotions. That's what gets it into unforgiveness. When you begin to attach your mo emotions about what happened to you, it can, that's when the, the, the whole process of, of uh, possibly going into unforgiveness begins. Your emotions is powerful, and it will cause you to be angry, to hate, to, you know, to, to really dislike it to a point of you, know, you can't stand the person. And so unforgiveness can rob us, you know, from uh, uh, basically our time. Um, we've got to let go of unrealistic expectation. That is so important. 
let go of unrealistic expectation. Now, I share with you some, some of you uh, here, I told you I had a, an offense with my dad. And the, the reason why I was offended, because I expected him to do some things that he just wasn't capable of doing. So that was unrealistic expectations that he couldn't meet if he tried. And so for me to hold him at a standard for something he just couldn't do, that's unrealistic. And so here I'm making him pay because that's what I did. I made him pay every time when he would say something that reminded me of the pain that I experienced. I would I would give him a pot shot. Like I would say something like cold, you know, like just real cold. I would just say something really cold. And we talked. We talked. I'm sh I'm sharing this because he and I did talk about it. And I I actually asked him to forgive me because um, I had developed unforgiveness in my heart as it relates to him. And so unforgiveness. <laughs> look at my. These are uh, pastor's uh, glasses. All right, um, so we've got to let go of unrealistic expectations. Let go of offense. And here's the thing about it. It's just simply a choice. It really is. It's a choice. We have to do it. Let's go to Matthew 6.14. Matthew 6.14. A lot of people say, well, it's easier said than done. But the truth of the matter is, for what happens uh, when you don't, it's not even worth it. Matthew 6, 14 says, uh, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now that's interesting right there, and that, that's really what, what kind of uh, shook me. Um, it says, but verse 15, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. That actually sealed it for me because I knew enough to know that I was going to, for lack of a better word, piss somebody off. <laughs> I knew I was going to offend somebody. I knew that I was going to stand in need of forgiveness. Let's go to chapter 7, verse 2. It says, for, what, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And so whatever judgment that I have will be judged back to me. People will judge me. And so I said, well, shoot, I don't want that. <laughs> Let's go to Luke 6.37. Luke 6.37. Luke 6.37. You know, that scripture says, it says you reap what you sow. It is so true. I remember, uh, you know, because I love everybody for the most part. I really did all my life. I never really uh, didn't despise anybody. And, 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 and um, but I thought about it. I was like, wow, did I reap what I, I mean, did I sow something that, that I didn't know? Because for a long time, uh, a lot of women, and I shared this before too, a lot of women just didn't like me. And so for no reason, it would, it would be like for no reason. It wasn't like they said, well, you took my candy and, you know, and, and I don't like you now. No, it was for no reason. And so I really was challenged with that over the years. 37, it says, uh, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. So it's important that we forgive so that we can be forgiven because all of us uh, at some point will stand in need of forgiveness. The reason why I can say that with, uh, with a, surety, a surety is because we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. We're not perfect parents. We're not perfect friends. We're not perfect mates. So at, we're not even perfect uh, employees. 
So we we uh, are human, and and we have a tendency to to be flawed because of our human frailty. And so it's important that we forgive because we're going to stand in need of it. That is so important that we get that we're going to have to stand. We're going to be in need of that. Um, forget unforgiveness robs us of the full life God intends for us. Our unforgiveness actually festers into bitterness. Let's go to Hebrews twelve. And we're going to start at verse 14. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15. It says, uh, follow peace with all men and holiness. So he's telling us exactly what to do. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see without it. The, the following the peace uh, with men and holiness without it. It says, uh, no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail or fall of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and therefore many be defiled. So bitterness can defile you. Bitterness can actually get to a point where it defiles you. Let's go to uh, Romans twelve nineteen. The blessed part about Romans twelve nineteen is it tells us, okay, what God will do for people that have actually offended us. Romans twelve nineteen, because sometimes people to say, well, you know, if I don't let them pay, well, who's how they gonna, you know, who how they gonna pay for what they did to me? Because it's something about our, our human side of us wants people to pay for what they did to us. Romans uh, twelve nineteen says. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. Don't do it. It says, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. God wants to do the vengeance, and I will repay, saith the Lord. God wants to repay, but yet we want to take matters in our own hands because we think that either he's too slow at doing it, <laughs> you know, we and 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 the reason why I think a lot of times he does is because he's such a loving and gracious and merciful God. He's given that person time to to repent or to you know um, come into into the household of faith. I mean, he's given them time to to get there, and so but it's still he there's he's going to pay. I mean, he's going to, you know, do something. Now I'm going to say do. I don't know what he'll do, but I know it's his. Vengeance is his, uh, what God says. And so um, let's see here. Um, let's go to Hebrews 10.30. We spent a lot of time here on this because this is, uh, as I said, an area that a lot of people uh, struggle with. And... It can literally trap you into the time in which whatever that offense actually took place. Okay, it says, For we know him that have said, Vengeance belong, belongeth unto me. I will recompense, recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. So he's reiterating that vengeance belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. God knows that, you know, if, if vengeance really was um, for us to take care of, it would contaminate our hearts even further. It would literally contaminate our hearts. Let's go to Ephesians 4.32. All right, Ephesians 4.32. It says, And be ye kind one to another, 
tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. God has forgiven us, and so he's telling us to be tender-hearted. Um, Psalms 119, and we won't go there, but I thought it was a great uh, scripture, 119 verse 165. Um, it says that great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. How about living an offended, uh, offenseless life? Can you imagine living a life without being offended? That that's I mean think about that's 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 some heavy stuff right there. But it's possible. It actually is possible. And it's saying that great peace will we have if they have the love, if, if we love the law. Now what is the law he's talking about here? Okay, let's go to Matthew's twenty-two. And verse uh, 37, 22, 37. All right, it says, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. For this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. So in other words, it's, it's, it's on the same level of us loving God. He says, thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. And so we have, how can you uh, hate somebody and, 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 and honor this law? How can you hate somebody and honor that law? You can't. But we have to, we actually have to do it. And he's really over and over all through the Bible, you know, is, is about restoration, about forgiveness, about redemption. I mean, all through the Bible, everything is about, you know, um, uh, uh, just uh, re recompense. I mean, just not recompense, but, but restoration. That's what it's all about. Uh, even Jesus, when he came on the earth, it was to restore man back to God. And so it's important that we uh, really get this because this this has been robbing us. It's been keeping us trapped in the time that the offense happened. It literally traps you there. Um, and then sometimes we can't get over things uh, that's happened to us in the past. Um, I was, yeah, let me, I'm going to read what I wrote here. For some reason, I put this. Sometimes we can't get over things that have happened in the past, but the scripture tells us to forget those things that are behind and press towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, I know right now I just need to, let me have uh, Sean and then uh, Jamel, 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 Jamel to come up just for a minute real quick. And then I need Pastor. <laughs> Now, for those of you that are actually on uh, online, um, I'm going to hopefully explain this to you so that you can kind of get a picture, use your imagination. But what I want to do is I want you to I want you two to stand over here and I want you to face me. OK, so you stand right here, but, but like boom, boom and turn your whole body. So basically I've got, for those of you that are online, I've got uh, Sean and Sean and <laughs> Jamal, uh, Jamel uh, looking, facing towards me, and I have Pastor Keith facing toward me, towards me. Okay, so just for the sake of this example, uh, this is, what does it say, y'all, at the bottom? Heirs, right. 
we're, we're all joint heirs with Christ, right? And we're all going somewhere because God created us to be an heir, right? And so this back here represents my, my, my future, actually. This is my future. I'm an heir to the throne of God. I am not a pauper, <laughs> but I am an heir. You know what a pauper is? A pauper is, um, y'all probably remember this. It was an old um, uh, type prince and a pauper. Did y'all remember that story? Okay, so the prince and the prince looked like the pauper. The pauper was someone who was homeless, didn't really have much of anything, really just probably a sad countenance and all of that. And so, but the prince actually looked like the pauper. So what he did was he actually um, acted like he was the pauper. So he, tr he traded places. Okay, so now the prince who had everything actually traded places with the pauper who had nothing. Okay, and I'm thinking the reason why he did that is because he really wanted to appreciate what he had because up to that point, he had everything. He had all the money, he had all the, you know, the food he wanted to eat, he had all the probably toys. And when I say toys, it could have been cars. Well, back then they didn't have cars, but. <laughs> Whatever it was, he had. And so he decided to trade places. And so, and so what happens is, um, what I'm, I'm, I'm back to what I'm saying here. So I'm an heir. This is my future. Okay? This is my future. Now, you, uh, you hurt me. <laughs> when I was coming up, <laughs> when, I, when I was coming up, uh, you, you, you didn't treat me right. In fact, uh, you abused me, okay? And then, uh, let's see, you represent, you, you, sir, Sean, you represent all the regrets that I have in life because I regret it, like, not finishing school. I regret it for, you know, some of the things I said and done. I regretted a whole lot of things. And so you represent the, the regrets. You represent the unforgiveness because I really, I, I really, um, I'm hurt by what you did to me. I, <laughs> I really am. I don't know how I'm going to make it because you just crushed me. You crushed my heart. You took my heart and you just took it and balled it up and just stumped on it. That's what you did. <laughs> and so, okay, so, and then, um, and then for you, let's see what we have you do. Um, you, you, you represented all the shame and the embarrassment that I dealt with. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, I got pregnant at an early age, and it was so shameful, and I didn't tell anybody, and, and it was just so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed through life. So you're the embarrassment and the shame. Uh, <laughs> and then I need really one more person, but we'll just, for, for the sake of time, let's just say this person, Sally, over here, she represents the fear and the worries that I've had over the years, okay? Now, the thing about this is, as long as I stand face to face with these issues, the unforgiveness, what are you again? The regret, yes, all the things I could have, would have, should have. You know, we all say, dang, I wish I would have, could have, should have. And then, <laughs> and then you uh, was the, shame. you was the shame and the, the, the uh, embarrassment. Okay, in fact, by the way, the scripture says that he'll give us double for our shame. So that's a good thing. <laughs> but anyway, but let's say that, 
every day I'm rehearsing over and over. Man, you know, you just, I wish you hadn't did this to me. And you know what? Um, I just regret that I didn't do, you know, I didn't go to school. I didn't, I regret that I just wasn't the parent that I wanted to be. I regret, I regret, I regret. And then you is, you know, uh, uh, shame and embarrassment and, uh, you know, what people going to think. You know, that's what we always do. We be, They still talking about me to this day. And it's been 15 years ago, but they still talking about me to this day. Now, imagine, and then we got Sally and them, which is fear and worrying. You know, I mean, I'm just afraid that I'm not going to pay these bills. I'm afraid I'm going to be in debt for the rest of my life. I'm afraid that sickness and disease is going to always be with me. I am just afraid and worried about my life. And will I ever, ever be happy? And so every time you turn around, this person, you just, I, I don't know why. I can't believe they did this to me. Man, what was you ashamed? You regret. Man, I regret this. I re, uh, man, I wish I could have did this. I wish I, man, if, if only I would have, you know, wrote that book many years ago, I'd probably be a millionaire right now. And then, man, I'm just so ashamed. And I know those people are laughing at me now because <laughs> <laughs> now, if I keep doing this, y'all, every single day, rehearsing and uh, thinking and then even saying, because we always say, you know, I wish I could have did this, could have, would have, should have. We, we always say, that person get on my nerves. Yeah, we do that. We do that. That person get on my nerves. And, 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 and man, I'm afraid. We always worry and, and fear that something bad is going to happen. And imagine we do all this all every single day. Every single day. I'm talking. I'm thinking. I'm talking. I'm thinking. I'm talking. I'm thinking. What'd you say? Well, and then the fear and the worry. Yeah, the, 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 the fear and the worries. A lot of us worry a lot. A lot of us worry for stuff that hasn't even happened yet. We spend a lot of time worrying over things that hasn't even happened yet. How about that? I mean, that doesn't even sound right if you think about it. Why are we worrying? We're wasting time worrying about something that has not even happened. Think about that. That's kind of weird if you, when you really think about it. Sometimes we've got to think about what we're thinking about. So the worrying is not getting us any closer to what we want. So why are we worrying? It's almost like we think that if we worry, then it's going to be easier to deal with the situation. But that's a lie. <laughs> so we got to quit doing it. So I'm talking, I'm thinking, I'm talking, I'm thinking, I'm talking, I'm thinking, I'm talking, I'm thinking. And the one thing that's happening is the scripture says, forget those things. Forget those things. And this is my future here. How am I going to see my future? And I'm steady looking at this. I can't even see it. My future is back here. It's really ahead. I should have had y'all this way and flipped. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? I am an heir, not a pauper. I'm a pauper as long as I'm continuously in fear and worry and shame and embarrassment and regrets and offense. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. God wants us to turn away from those things. He got it. He got this thing, y'all. It's not taking us any closer to our desired outcome. It isn't. If anything, it's holding us back. It's actually holding us back. And so we got we to gotta know when to let go. Look, I love you and everything. Uh, 
you know, regrets, I can't do nothing if, if, even if I tried. So regret, you got to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, God's got you, by the way. So look, that's between you and God. <laughs> and then you, the shame, I'm going to get double for my shame. See? And the scripture says that, that <laughs> stop, he's giving, giving me faces. <laughs> my life is not my own. I've been brought with a price, okay? And so uh, there's a scripture, that, but it's not coming to me. What's the scripture? <laughs> uh, just, we've been brought with a price, basically. Our life is not our own. Yeah. And then the worry and the fears. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound thinking mind. And then the worry, fret not. And in this part here, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He's got my back. But he ain't going to have it as long as I got it. Why would he? Matter of fact, I done got in place of God, and, and I'm the one taking charge, as opposed to just yielding to him turn him over to his own reprobate mind is <laughs> what the scripture talks about so thank you all I just wanted to give that visual because it's important that we really see what are we forfeiting when we decide we don't want to let someone go we are forfeiting our future we are forfeiting the successes in life um, so stop stop living in your past failures and here's another one stop even living in your past success because sometimes your past success can cause you to just kind of uh, rest. <laughs> you know, you, you know, they think they hung the moon, you know, and they keep telling the same story over and over about how good they were in track, and they're 59 years old. <laughs> Who cares how you was in track, you know? And so, you know, we've got to be willing to even let go some of the successes because God's got so much more for us. And so we need to quit talking about the negative things that happens in our life. Quit talking about it. Quit thinking about it. You know, the scripture talks about cast down those imaginations that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring them in captivity. I mean, we got to bring those thoughts in, under the obedience of Christ Jesus. What does he say about these things? We got to bring those thoughts into captive in the name of Jesus. And so we got we to gotta do that. We got we to gotta stop talking about the things that has happened to us. And we got to stop thinking about it over and over, replacing it like, or replaying it like it's a video game. Um, now, when things do, uh, do not work out as you plan, sometimes God allows us to fail because he's protecting us from harmful situations. I can remember there were times uh, that I uh, really was believing God for certain things, and it seemed like it was a good thing. Like, I'll give you for instance, I ate, lived, and breathed trying to get pregnant. And um, in my first marriage, um, I actually ended up with two atopic pregnancies. Um, I also ended up with... Uh, I think it was 18 embryos because I went through in vitro fertilization. So it wasn't 18. Maybe it was, it could have been 18. <laughs> um, but, but you would think that, okay, I'm trying to bring a life in the world and, you know, and I really wanted to have a baby, um, but it didn't take. In fact, they put six in me one time and they all, my body just kind of like dissolved it or, or they just kind of uh, absorbed into my, my body. And then the last batch, 
we'll say the last batch. Now, mind you, uh, those embryos are literally babies. They're actually, because they've divided and all of that. So technically, I guess I would have had, I don't know, maybe I'm, I, I probably had 18, 19, 20, 20 children. <laughs> well, on that last go around, uh, I found out that my ex-husband was on crack. Imagine if any of those babies would have took. And then the marriage didn't work out. Thank God it didn't work out. Nothing against you, uh, brother man, but <laughs> it, it wasn't supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? It just because that was in my get high days, to be honest with you, I wasn't in my right thinking mind. And, and so I wasted time because, honestly, the, there was other reasons why I got married than the right reason. And the reason why it was the wrong reason is because I wasn't thinking. And time just kept ticking and ticking and ticking. And I stayed in that marriage for like eight years. But it was not really, it wasn't supposed to be. I mean, it was just, it was just not supposed to be. And so that's one of those things that, you know, uh, as a result of what I believed that I wanted and was trying to do, it failed. But I can see now why. I know good dog well, Pastor, 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 I don't know if you would have took me with all them babies if I had all them babies. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'll, at least I only had one. But to have 20? Oh, my goodness. And I had two atopic pregnancies, one on each side. One year, had an atopic pregnancy. Same person. This is by the same person, y'all. One pregnancy on one side. The next year, I had another one on the other side. And I was devastated. But guess what? Now, fast forward. Oh, my God. I'm so grateful. I mean, I'm just grateful because God knew. He knew that I wasn't supposed to bring that seed into this earth. He knew that. And so it was, it was imperative that, uh, or it is imperative that we understand that sometimes uh, he, will, he will use failure, um, you know, or there's a reason that he's protecting us, keeping us from a, a harmful situation. And sometimes he will use failure to develop us and to mature us. Because honestly, all the things that we went through, even at the former church, uh, we, a lot of things were uh, caught, not taught. And so we, because we were involved at a higher level at the church, we know, we know what not to do. And not because someone said, okay, now what I want y'all to do is when you get down there, don't do this, don't do that. No, we experienced some things even as far as serving. And now we're a better server because of having served. Do you see what I'm saying? So, but, but, um, Sometimes uh, God will actually develop because that situation turned it, it. It wasn't all failure, but there were some moments where it, it was distasteful. But but God used it to help us to become better uh, for him. Pride is another thing. We won't go to it, but uh, you want to read First Peter's uh, 5, 5, and 6. Pride, man. Uh, well, let's go there because I think some people need to read this. First Peter 5. It says, likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth 
the proud and give grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Notice there's a due time. There's a due season for us all. There is a due time and a due season for us all. And I'm not going to be able to get through all of this, but... Um, the other thing, now let's talk about the importance of process. The importance of process. Process, and I looked this up in the dictionary, process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. That's what a process is. Now, process is a part of our journey that actually becomes our testimony. So you, we cannot, we cannot, uh, you know, like put a blind eye or uh, we, we, we cannot not allow process to actually happen. Process is important. And as much as it's excruciating at times, uh, as much as it's a lot of uncertainty at times, the process that we go through life to get to that desired outcome is necessary. It's so necessary. Um, process is a part of our journey, as I said, that becomes our testimony. And testimonies actually encourages and gives hopes to others, and it gives glory to God. So those are our opportunities to actually give glory to God and to be used by God to actually give someone hope and encouragement that they too can actually get through whatever it is that they're getting through. So, you know, uh, when we have failures in life, you know, it's good to be able to talk about those things to other people once you get through it, you know, because sometimes when you're, when you have a failure in life, it hurts. It just hurts. But then as, as time goes by, you start to realize it wasn't even that big of a deal because you got more fish to fry or better fish to fry. You, you understand what I'm saying? And so now you can, you, can, you can actually be okay with whatever has happened. So um, it's important that we uh, understand that. Uh, the other thing is process. Uh, it helps us to appreciate the end results. Without it, we cannot fully appreciate it and we can easily take things for granted. Because why? There was no cost associated with it. See, when, when there's a cost associated with whatever we're going through, whatever that process is, you're going to appreciate it that much more. So let's take someone who's dealing with uh, maybe some physical ailments in their body, you know, and they have to go through a particular type of regiment uh, plan of treatment for their, their, their illness. Well, they have to go through that process. But here's the thing, once they get through it, on the other side, they're going to be like, man, I'm so glad I went through that. And if, if it was just given to them, well, then they really wouldn't probably understand the magnitude of what really, really, like, um, you know how, uh, they're, okay, I won't say who this was, but I saw some friends of ours, uh, they gave uh, their daughter a uh, vehicle for uh, a birthday. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the daughter opened the thing and it was, uh, I think the, the, it was the keys was on this little earring clipper thing. And so the, 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 the parents said, well, do you see the key? And so she was like, yeah. And, and, and then the person said, well, that's your car. And so she said, oh. 
Now, now she appreciated it, but that was her response because it. it, Now think about it. She she didn't pay for it. She don't really know what it cost. So she can't really appreciate what the parent did because she wasn't the one paying the cost. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes, you know, we um, basically there's a cost that what we go through. Like, you know, you hear um, like the woman, um, the uh, the alabaster, the woman with the alabaster, you know, uh, matter of fact, the song Alabaster Box. And it says, you don't know the cost of the oil. You don't know what I paid through, paid for to, to uh, you know, how the things I went through, the things I suffered through, you know, you don't know the cost that I paid. You don't know, like, like us, I mean, there's a price that we pay even pastor in the church, but we appreciate it. Why? Because it wasn't like it was just given to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't like somebody just handed over the keys and said, here, I want you to pastor Ayers Christian Center Church. Here's the people in it. You know, we'll give you all the money you need. You know, uh, it, you, you, you'll have to, you'll, we'll give you all the help that you need. That, that didn't happen. It was just the two of us. And so we appreciate what God has done. Why? Because we've seen his hand in every situation. And so now we don't take it for granted. We know we paid a price for, you know, the, we, we, there were times uh, at the old place, <laughs> he would, I felt so bad for him. He went to the, uh, the window at, at the dance studio and it was just the two of us at the time there. And he went and let's just say that's the window. And he was, he went out there and he was just looking just looking for people and when am I coming <laughs> he's just looking and I was thinking I, was, I looked at him from afar I said oh I wish somebody would just come through those doors <laughs> I really felt for him because think about it y'all none of y'all were here at the time when God gave us Ares Christian Center Church nobody was here Nobody, nobody was, 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 was trying to, I mean, we didn't have money. I mean, so it was like, I felt so bad for him. I really did. I, I felt so bad for him. He, he kind of looked pitiful. Like he was out there like looking. And, and so, <laughs> but, but see now, because of the price that we paid, we just, we love, like it, we, we're in tears a lot of times seeing what God has done. So sometimes when you have to pay the price, I said all that to say, sometimes when you have to pay the price, you will appreciate it so much more as opposed to someone just giving something to you, handing something over to you. You know, you, Tyrone and the Baileys, you know, they paid a price to be how many years in marriage? 24? 24 years of marriage. There was a price that had to be paid. Y'all, how long y'all been married? seven years that's a price lord knows we had a price we had a price we paid a price to to be where we are today and we appreciate it so much more because it just wasn't like we had to do some things it wasn't like nothing was given to us and so it's precious seed it's precious seed that we uh we give so I think what I'm gonna do because I only got a few more minutes here I'm gonna uh maybe finish this uh, next week and we'll open up the lines uh, 
y'all remember I started talking about the importance of process because that's important. We got to get this because process is not comfortable. You know, when they process our hair, you know, put that perm in there, slap that perm in there. <laughs> Depending on you know, how kinky your hair is, it ain't going to take. You know, so sometimes it burns a little bit before it actually straightens, you know. And then uh, uh, the, 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 uh, the Caucasian uh, friends here, <laughs> when they get a perm, their perm actually uh, curls, right? Ours, isn't that interesting? Ours straighten and theirs curl. Um, but, uh, you know, but you can't just put it, how long does it take to get it to really curl? Couple of hours. Oh, my God, we would die if it was... <laughs> For, for an African-American uh, to have a perm for two hours? Um, we no, trust me, we would not have any hair. <laughs> it would burn our hair off. We would be bald <laughs> with scabs. <laughs> with scabs. So I'm telling you, so process is important, see? And, and, and the timing has got to be important, just like the, the perm. Timing. See, that timing's got to be right. You can't put it two hours, Trina. You ain't gonna have no hair. <laughs> <coughs> okay, that's enough. 